0: real life real conversations motivational fitness self-defense weight loss live from the great one eight this is real talk with mark cox
1: All right. Good morning. We are live. Good morning. Good morning, Fico. Now, listen, it's morning for me. It's 9 here. Where are you at? Where are you out of?
2: So I'm in the East Coast, Augusta, Georgia. It's 12.07 right now at this time. Yep.
1: Okay. So, you know, I, I, I keep forgetting that you're out of Georgia. So how far are you from Savannah? What's a Savannah ride to you?
2: Savannah, Georgia is about, my wife can can tell you better than I, about two hours, i say. Bro, so we're very
1: close. So Statesboro, I'm wondering if Statesboro is closer to Augusta and then, uh, cause I'm coming out there again. If you're that close to me, we need to meet each, we need to go yeah. meet for coffee or something. I'll drive to you. Oh, I'll yeah, be coming yeah, out there yeah, to Georgia you? again. Okay. Yes, so I'll make, yes, sure, I'll make sure I make sure that we, uh, we hit each other and we'll have not a virtual coffee. We'll have course, some real course. coffee. Right. There you so go. That'd be awesome. No, we
2: can, my wife makes it pretty, I, I just signed her up. She makes it hey. pretty good coffee, man. Uh, We have our espresso machine and all that. You know, we can put everything you need. You don't need to go to a fancy restaurant or anything.
1: That's right. That's what. I'm going to make sure that happens. I promise you. When I come out there, I'm coming out in about three weeks. I go out to I go out to Georgia quite often. I've owned some property out there. I also have black belts that own schools, one in Pooler, one in Statesboro, and so I go out quite often doing black belt tests and seminars. And you being from the army, I used to go to Hunter Base quite often, and I would teach the military off Hunter. Yeah, the special yeah. operations uh, out of there, the Rangers especially, and the uh, um, the religious uh, the religious team, mm. the uh, chaplain's assistants. So what wow. I have, we have a very combat veteran uh, ranger that's our head of our our uh, self defense stuff in in Georgia. His name is Chappie. and Chappy. so he's a chaplain's assistant. So he yeah. went on. I mean, he served some serious tours. You know where yeah. he did. And now he's our main instructor out there. And so we get to go out there with these chaplain assistants because chaplains can't carry any weapons on the battlefield. That's yeah. So outside of maybe a, a a dagger or something to that effect, they can't have any weapons. So we would do some very specialized training down there and I would help them with gun. That's what I did a lot down there. And it was a lot of fun.
2: That's amazing. I,
1: I learned That's a lot amazing. being a civilian. I wasn't in the military, uh, but being a civilian and being able to teach them, and trying to get them to accept me as because I wasn't I wasn't in their world. You know, I was a cop for a while, but I wasn't I wasn't in their world. Yeah. And but, you know, you come here's to the my thing.
2: world, man, with that background. And and if you know who you're talking to,
1: yeah, you yeah. better accept you. <laughs> yeah. So it was good, man. I had a lot of fun. A lot of oh, fun. Of let, me, let me let me let me. Talk about your bio here a little bit so everybody can kind of get to know you. Yes, sir. So, uh, Frederico Martinez, known as FICO, that's what your nickname is. A husband, a family man, a U.S. Army vet, a 10X business coach, relationships, and transformational architect who empowers success and inspires life's true potential in individuals and business. You are from Lares, Puerto Rico, a small town in the island's Midwest region. You've been married for 21 years to an amazing, spectacular, gorgeous, doris martinez i want to make sure that she knows what you said about her right there
2: oh yeah i have to we have to we just announced announce it yeah of
1: course that's correct together that you have three children you have chris my champ he wrestles oh he's a wrestler huh he's, he's a 18. wrestler. He's he, in,
2: was, he, he just started uh wrestling last not wrestling uh school college last last week
1: Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. What college he's going to out in Georgia?
2: So he's going, not in Georgia. He's going to be in Alabama, Huntington College uh, Alabama. in Alabama. So he has scholarship for wrestling, and he, that's that's where he decided to go. Small college. Uh, it's is religious. So, uh, yeah, good. pretty good. I love it.
1: Well, listen, that's better than, than some of these big <laughs> Ivy Leagues. I can tell you that. So he was born right. in Germany, it has. You have Liz, the brains and artist who is 16, born in Augusta. Is it Liana? Is I'm saying her name right? Liana. Liana. What a pretty name. She's the firecracker, huh? The girl that can do anything physical sports. Currently a gymnast who's 11, born in South Korea. We are a family of athletes. Uh, You're a proven, caring, and transcendent leader. Retired as a lieutenant colonel on December 30th, 2022, after serving honorably in the United States Army for over 21 years as a communications officer. We thank you for your service, as we always do our vets. We absolutely uh have nothing but respect for you guys and putting it out there, and of course, being a lieutenant colonel, I mean, you're up there with the big boys, you were leading a lot of people, I'm sure, so Certainly. let's talk about when you let's talk about that. so you're from Puerto Rico. How did you decide to go into the military? Did you do that as a young man?
2: Ooh, man, the story uh let me see so family members uh they've been in the military for you know since the Korean War all the way to uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, the latest one, but uh, I always saw this this, this family members, you know, uh, talking about uh, their experiences in the military. And what was one particular one that he was a medic, uh, he also was a police officer in Puerto Rico, uh, with Fredo Rios, and he went to the Gulf War along with a bunch of other of my, my relatives. There were like five or six of them, I think, in the Gulf War. Um, but he came back with all this, this, uh, stuff that we're not supposed to give away like bullets and, and knife and special flashlights. And, you know, I was a kid looking at this, like, wow, this is cool. So, you know, he gave me the little necklace with the bullet, of the, uh, with the 50 cal bullet. And, you know, that was like, wow, this is pretty nice. And, uh, yeah, you know, in the eighties and nineties, we just, there was a thing going uh called playing outside, you know, and I'm from, the, <laughs> That's I'm from true. Puerto Rico and around me there was like nothing but little woods and stuff like that. So you used to play war and, and, and you know, with sticks carrying around thinking that there were weapons that, you know, it was always in me. So fast forward to um how I got there in the military. I was going to the Marines in 95. I already have everything signed up, ready to go, and all of a sudden, entertainment news, e-news, show up this this, un, uh, never before seen behind the, uh, behind the scenes uh, footage or something exclusive of Marines getting hazed and beat the hell up, and like, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, what? The, that's what I'm signing up for. No, but <laughs> <So in 1925, laughs> I, I told the recruiter, no, I'm not. Even, the guy would went nuts, but anyway, I'm not going anywhere and I decided to go to college. So mm. when I got to college, things happened. Fast forward like three or four years. In 1998, I'm in a different school. I went to my second school in college and uh, a friend of mine, my best friend, uh, Jomaris Rivera, uh, she knew that I was uh, in the previous school. Um, she, she knew me from the previous school and she told me, hey, you wanna do workout with us in the morning? I didn't know what it was about. And i sure. I'll get up and, and work out with you guys at five in the morning. And uh, that's how I was introduced to the Army ROTC. And $9,999 rose my right hand, got sworn to the reserves, commissioned in 2001, June 2001, and interactive duty October, 2020, uh, October 22nd, 2001.
1: That's interesting. So my boys both did ROTC. Was your ROTC in school? Was it Army, Air Force, Navy? What was your ROTC? Army. What Army. Was Army. So yes, sir. Yes, my, I think my boys were. I think my boys were Air Force. Believe it or not, I think in their high school when they did ROTC, I had a couple Amazing. of my boys do ROTC. Yeah, which I thought Nothing was really good for that. them. You know what <laughs> I mean? It, oh, of uh, course. And of course, you know, it's hard to to do that kind of stuff in high school back in here. You know, wearing your uniform on certain days and, you know, it is. But, you know, the 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 commander there was awesome, you know, with the boys. Some went off to be in the military. And some served uh, honorably down there and, you know, was deployed and stuff like that. So your deployments talk about your deployments. Where did the did you uh, how many deployments did you on? I
2: had three deployments. Um, but again the, the the toughest one was the first one because it's the it's completely unknown so just just go back and rewind and think about the date that I got commissioned into the military and what was going right. on I got commissioned June 2001 Dude, that's, <laughs> and uh yeah. you know it was a different army back then it, you know it was smaller um there was, it was like we were on cruise control all of a sudden what happened 9 11
1: 9 11. And you're right there. Um, three months in, three months Ta- in,
2: yeah. yeah. Waiting for my call to go into my my first assignment. Two days after nine eleven, I got married. So, yeah, it, it, my wife has been with me all this time for over twenty, almost twenty two years. Yeah, uh, so she was basically experiencing the same things that I was doing, but. uh you know i was in the front lines she was taking care of everything else in the house which is probably more difficult uh by back then my wife is it was young she was young my wife my wife was 21 years i believe 21 mm. years old no
0: yeah
2: 20 or twenty-one 20 years old yeah that's... 21. so uh yeah the first appointment was to iraq we didn't know what was going on um we just they didn't know when we were coming back, some people, you know, the old guys said, oh, this is this is going to be fast. We're just going to go there like we did in the Gulf War. Because I have a couple of individuals there in my team that, that were uh, uh, Gulf War bets. And they said, oh, yeah, psh, this is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it was nothing, of course. Yeah. yeah. We didn't it know was... when we were coming back. It was tough. It was uh, a lot of things, uh, a lot of emotions. It was emotional. One of the stories that I say is... Uh, recently married my wife and I, I, I married my wife for a reason because I knew she could handle she will be able to handle everything that was coming her way uh, when we selected this life which is, it was not going to be easy and she, she's independent strong person uh, great, great uh, interpersonal skills she will make it happen, she's a go-getter, right? So she will be fine, whatever happens it will be fine but what hit me and still stuck in my mind is, is that day that we were in a staging area in the motor pool of our base in Germany. And uh we say goodbye in the apartment that we were, she didn't come down. Uh, there were some other relatives there. It was a fence area, fence area. And uh we were in the bus and, and I recall when I looked to the side, you know, there are a bunch of buses, but you don't you you don't they didn't know where I was, she didn't know where I was. I saw her. She came down and I saw her in defense, like waving goodbye. I was waving. But I, know, I didn't know if she, she saw me or anything. But, but that was the last thing I, I saw uh, from her, the last image that I have of her before we deployed March. Uh, that was March 3rd,
1: 2001, 2003. Yep. So October, so September, October, November, December, January, February, March. So six months after your your No, so so I
2: entered two thousand and one and then we go into I went to schools and anything. The Gulf force, uh the not the Gulf War, the Iraq war started in March uh, mm. two
0: thousand
2: and three. It started in two thousand and three. The official invasion was a couple of weeks after we we got to Iraq in March of two thousand and three. Um, yeah, because they first went to Afghanistan after 9-11, you attack Afghanistan. And then we actually end up in, in Iraq, uh, a few years after that, like a year and a half after that.
1: So let's, so give me your mindset, what that looked like, because that was probably just as new to you guys as anything else, right? You get commissioned three months later, you're hit with 9-11. What was the mindset of those that were there? Were you Oof. guys like, hey, oh man, were you nerve-wracked? Were you like, okay, let's freaking go? Or what What was the deal?
2: It only depends, you know? But but me as a young second lieutenant, of course I'm nervous. I had to rely on on those that have been there, done that, and adapt what they and, – and learn from what they have done and what works, what have not worked. Um, I had great leadership, great leadership to help me out, um, overcome any kind of issues uh, or concerns without them directly telling me, because that's what leaders do. Leaders act, right? So, mm-hmm. and and you have to be open minded to see what they're doing and make sure you capture all that so you learn from them. You know, no one needs to teach you by talking to you or whatever. You, you, I learn by watching, and most people do that. You know, just follow what they're doing. And, and I have great uh, non-commissioned officers, we call them NCOs. Uh, We have the enlisted that are NCOs and and the soldiers, and then we have the officers. But the NCOs are running the show. And I was blessed to have great NCOs uh, pulling me to the side as a young officer telling me, dude, you cannot do that. You cannot do do this. You got to do this. So you got to be open-minded. You got to have a learners mentality everywhere you go, and that's applicable in any situation, work, military, everywhere you go. You're going to start something new. Learn from those that have done it, and be open-minded. Have a learner's mentality.
1: I think that super valuable lesson right there when you talk about having your NCOs coming to you and you open enough as an officer to listen to what they have to say and then implement. sometimes, you know in, in even in our world and martial arts world, sometimes the officers feel that they're already here. They don't really kind of listen to their downline, uh, you know what the, what that is. I think that's powerful that you did that. Uh, that's a, that's a lesson in itself. Correct. Even in business, these are the kind of leadership skills. I think I talk about FICO that you have that when you come to the table, things that you learned in the military, when you're in the midst of chaos and you're kind of a young, a young, like even a young CEO, right. And you got to rely on, on your, on your under management there to, to help push you to the next level while you're trying to keep them all motivated. I think that's powerful stuff.
2: Yeah, it's all about the potential, right? Everyone has the potential to be great, but you have to be open-minded. You have to be able to listen. You have to be trainable, coachable, um, to be able to be good. If not, you get stuck and you get kicked out. So you better learn fast. That's the thing. You got to learn fast. You got to catch up very fast. It's a different environment.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of... (laughs) People don't really realize the split-second decisions made yeah, It's easy for them to uh, yeah. hammer on our military or hammer on our police and not really ever, ever had to make split-second decisions that are life and death. It's easy to be the armchair quarterback when people are putting themselves out there on the line. I mean, yeah, I've seen it great. over and we over really again. I
2: really respect what you, do, what you did and, and, and what you're doing right now in the different areas. But, wow, yeah, people have yeah. no clue what you guys are going through.
1: Yes, a- absolutely. that's true. So, so you decided now, how did you, how did you continue moving up the ranks in, in the military? Did you just, uh, it was that your trajectory. Is that what you wanted to do or is it just, you know, hard work? You know, my instructor says a lot of times it's kind of like work stops in a martial arts. You work really hard. Then all of a sudden there's another rank and you really just kind of, the more work you put in, all of a sudden there's another rank. And you, so they're more like work stops. You stop for a second, and you 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 know you get promoted. Was it like that, or were you were you driven to go up and up and up? How did that work?
2: So so we have timelines that we're supposed to promote, right, as an officer. Um, but it's all about hard work. You need to perform. You, you just because you reach certain timeline, that automatically you're going to get promoted. So. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough. But I was my my mission was to surpass one of my mentors uh, in Puerto Rico when I did the hour of the sea. Uh He was a major, uh, and, you know, but he was prior enlisted. So he had a lot of years as an enlisted and then he changed over to to officer and, and I said, oh, I, I want to be at least a major or lieutenant colonel. And I was looking for full bird. That was my goal to become a full bird colonel, So I did whatever it took to stay on track, to perform, and be able to get promoted uh, little by little. Not by talking, just by action. Again, there's a lot of things going against me. Back then, my English was not pretty good-looking, like Mark Anthony said. <laughs> <laughs> so it got a little re- refined. Uh, it was a lot better than, than any other... I don't know, but you start with that accent and then you start, you're new. There's a lot of things that go and and the soldiers know where you're coming from. Um, the soldiers smell a phony a mile away. And if you are a phony, they're not going to have your back. If you are a good person, that's always looking uh, for the best for them. They will go down with you, you know, regardless, they will go with you. They will have your back all the time. And thanks to that, that's what's carried me through all the ranks. Uh, you cannot make it to a ten colonel by myself, uh, by yourself. You you need a family, a strong family and a strong support group uh, a team to get make you to get you
1: there. So that that so that begs. Let, let's talk about that real quick. When you said you had a language barrier, so you had to improve that. Along with everything else. So bilingual. I'm sure you went in as a bilingual anyway, but then then you decided that hey, I in order to get to the next level, I've got this is where I have to level up. And that's what yeah. you chose to do. Is that correct?
2: Oh yeah. So so fun story here. Back in the 90s, I started learning better English. I, I consider it better English. Listening to not eight, 70s, late seventies, eighties and nineties rock songs. <laughs> so I have a lot of rock: Aerosmith, Poison, Motley Crue, uh, Queen. It's Let's like go. It's, it's like Kiss. You, you name it. Everything was like so. So some of the things that I used to say were like like uh, like verses of songs, and I have no idea what they were saying. But I, I, that's how I got it done, right? So moving forward in the military, <laughs> I I got I got better. And, and the other thing that I was uh, it was against me. I was commissioned, because this is how me, the Army makes sense of things, right? I was commissioned as a communications officer. So this is in charge of networks and setting up the comps uh, when you go to the field. But my degree was athletic training. I was an athletic trainer. Like, holy crap. So I'm learning all this stuff. I'm an athletic trainer. I was commissioned <laughs> as a as a communications officer. I have a language barrier. Like, holy, w- what is this? So I rely on my stuff. On my strength, you know, <laughs> I was the guy, always in PT, pushing people out, and you know, physical fitness, motivating others. I used to break a lot of rules uh, during PT, that are unwritten rules uh, for the non-commissioned officers. You know, when you're running in a formation, the non-commissioned officers are the ones that are supposed to be singing, and they call it the cadence.
0: Right. I used cadence, to sneak
2: yeah. out by behind and start taking over some of the formation. They used to get pissed. <laughs>
1: It's not looking
2: out of here. What the hell are you doing? You know, it's a yeah, it's it's fun. It was fun. So yeah, I came in with relying on my strengths and and never stopped believing that I could they can do this. They can do it. This is something that I would do. And 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 again, going back with the people that really wanted you to do good because you're proving yourself that you are a great person. That's where it starts. Everything starts with that. You gotta prove yourself that you're a good person. The the intentions are right, and then people start, yeah. They, they rally with you
1: they rally with you right i think that i think that's true i think that's a true statement that you have to prove yourself to be you know for somebody's you know having somebody's back for sure and that they can rely on you i think all that that building rapport and having belief in in what you do i think are two things that give you charisma and charisma it can be taught and it, it's you know there's three things about charisma right you have a super belief in what you're doing. You communicate and you have a genuine concern for people. I think that is a, for sure, a byproduct of charisma. So if you want to be charismatic, when it's not the one that's loud on the stage, it's the ones that you can believe on stage, right? Because they've lived it. They believed it. They've seen it. And they have such a belief in it. And then there's a genuality that comes with that. And you are correct on when people can smell a rat. Okay, no, you're like, man, you just come on
2: now. You, you used to do some crazy stuff with the soldiers, you know. I used to go again, I was an athlete in college, so 25 pounds ago, I used to run for cross country. All right. Yeah. So it was 10Ks. 25 pounds ago. I still jog my way out because I got some medical complications, but but I used to take soldiers down the long runs so in Germany. There was the most thing you have is trails. And and they were this is how people were. Testing me back then. I had non-commissioned officers that knew that I was doing uh PT before PT because I wanted to get ahead of the game. And and I used to go for my runs, three, four, five miles. to come back to formation, get accountability. All of a sudden, you know, you got the NCO taking the formation and say, "Hey, today is going to be in charge." You know, Lieutenant Martinez, like, what the hell? Don't see me I'm drenching sweat. Yeah, he's going to take you for a run, and I do. I just finished like a four-mile run. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not saying that, but that's how he said just think, okay, you testing me seven <laughs> more miles down the trails, you know, come back <laughs> singing and going crazy, man. In Grafenbeer winter, going out there minus five degrees, running in shorts, you know, just with that cap. And you know, I was trying to prove myself, this dude is nuts, you know, singing with them and going. <laughs> it was some fun times, man.
0: uh, Well,
1: this was, that's what, this is why you're a leader, Fico, in your, in (laughs) your, in, in your niche, because just simple things like that, you, you know, you get out and do things that people are not willing to do to get where you want to be. That's one thing, correct?
2: Yes, sir.
1: And then they want to push you to see if you really have the, have (laughs) the, uh, the gonads to do what you say you you just did. And then you outprove them because that, that kind of mindset is like, oh, okay. Oh, you want to test me?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Four times.
1: And then you, you know, you go and and do what you do. It's that's awesome. I don't, I don't see anything, uh, uh, but leadership straight out of that. I think that's <laughs> that's, that's that's great. Yes, All right. Sir. So we're, we we got a good beat on 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 your military. So mm-hmm. let's talk. You know, you, you you went 21 years. I mean, how close were you to full colonel?
2: I was about two evaluations, two good evaluations away. I put it good evaluations away uh, solid evaluations what stopped me um the again you got you're going into different environments the environments can make you or break you um, i had a new position back in 2020 yeah summer 2020 um like the army everything is you're on man on the strength uh you're not resourced well so you're making you're making uh making it happen with a small team right but that took a toll on me physically mentally and uh once we started getting help I was trying to get myself fixed and and i decided to get you know I have shoulder issues i have knee issues i got other things and i decided to get my surgery for my shoulder in, in february 2021. Things were not going my way after I came back from from surgery. All of a sudden I remember like today, you know, President's Day 2021, February 2021. Um, I had a blood clot, which was my second one in my right leg. And I knew I had it because I knew the symptoms were the previous one. My leg was swollen. My girls told me, Your leg looks big. Like, yep. Let me go to the ER and, and they confirm it and They did a scan and everything. And yeah, I had a I had a block cloth. So when you we, when you get a block cloth, now they put you on on blood thinners. If you're in blood we, thinners, we, you're non deployable.
1: I'm 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 in the same boat you were. I had that. Yeah. It,
2: it's tough because you become non deployable. What does that mean? It means a lot, especially for an officer. If you cannot deploy, you cannot perform. You can do other things, but you're competing. Everything is a competition. After you get certain ranks, everything is a competition, like it or not. Um, so that put me on the bench while I recover, and I knew when I went to the bench, I was not coming back. Bottom line, that Man. was it for me, and that was hard to accept because if you're not present, you cannot perform. You cannot contribute. You cannot perform, and you rely on evaluations, and. If there are 30 people that are competing and FICO's not showing up because of medical health, people are gonna leapfrog you. So you're gonna become in the middle. So and and when you are a, an officer, you need to have the top blocks. You need to perform above 50% of the other ones. And and I knew that that hit me very hard because it just stopped me. Uh like boom, it was a, a smack out of nowhere, a punch in the gut, Oh, a knock-up blow. You know what I'm saying? And and that that Pressed me that uh led to a lot of issues um everything was like a like a bad perfect storm i was physically in uh, uh hurt again going with my kinks after 20 plus years of service back then and then mental the mental aspect uh, you know things that happened in the past start uh convoluting and getting bigger and expanding and now combined with all the other things that I had it it was not good and and that stopped me from from making rank
1: yes that's uh health is a a precious commodity let's just say that so Mm -hmm. I had that that happened to me I had wow matter of fact my blood class had I I I think mine happened from a a, an injury Mm. and I didn't know I was, as a matter of fact, I was on my way to Hunter, Hunter base. And I went to the hospital and they said, we don't see anything. So I flew, not to mention I was shooting testosterone at the time, which is not good. That thickens your blood. And then I was on an airplane. And when I was at Hunter, it was a rough time because what I did is they let me as a, uh, they let me take one of their classes and be certified in it, which they don't like civilians do, but they let me take it. (laughs) So I did, I did the first class and then the second class I did, uh, I was the one teaching a gun and I was so tired if you go, I was so just, I'm like, what is wrong with me, man?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I continued that week. I came home. I had a really sharp pain in my back. Like somebody, I mm-hmm. thought I got hit when we were doing sim uh, simunitions in the house, right? We were doing real simunition rounds and stuff like that in the house. And so I was like, man, what is wrong with me? I got it. so I told my son, I said, Hey, I gotta go to the hospital. And then they told me, they said, You're lucky to be alive. You have blood clots, you have two of them in your lungs. Wow. You're lucky. Oh, that's
2: super dangerous.
1: Okay, you're lucky Whew. that you're not dead. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And then I was wow. on blood thinners for I just got off blood thinners last December. I was on mm. for four years. And it took it took the warriorness out of me. I don't know if you felt that before. I speak about this all the time, that part of me. Is a fighter, and I like to fight, and that's was you know, and I was told you cannot take head trauma like that anymore. You can't get out there and spar when you're on blood thinners. Yep, and so it kind of defeated me. I was super defeated.
2: Oh, and yeah. I was you like, can, you got to hold back on everything because anything can right. be an issue. Right. You know?
1: And so I was super defeated, and you know, I went into uh kind of a, a, like a depression. Uh, even gained more weight. And I was like, man, and then I had to come out of that. I remember being scared that any, anytime I I had a tightness of anything, I was like, oh my gosh, the blood clots coming and I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to get a stroke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I was petrified and I had to come out of this funk. I had to come out of this mental thing. And then I found jujitsu. Jujitsu wow. gave me a warrior spirit again, because jujitsu, you're not getting hit in the face. You're not getting hit in the head. You're not sparring. You're, you know, you're trying to choke the shit out of each other. But uh, so I was like, man, this is better. This is better. I feel better. It was a cleansing. I feel like I had my warriorship back. So I've been where you're at. And I know how defeating that is because especially you're an athlete on top of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you you probably had these thoughts of, you know, being on blood thinners, all the kind of stuff that comes with blood clots. And you've had one before, you said, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: It was uh October, no, September 2014. Mm. We were doing a what do call it, a staff assist, assistant visit in overseas. So we were going to uh basically check out and do a walkthrough to the uh in the unit that we were going to replace when we were deployed. Uh long flight, uh, the first one. We got there and I started noticing that that I was limping. I had a limp and then my leg was swollen and like okay. And I still work out and run out, and but limping. <laughs> I didn't know about what, what it was. And, and we're getting re- ramping up to deploy. We are getting ready to deploy. Uh, we came back from from that visit in the Middle East and, and still with the limp. Yeah, man, this limp. And this. So fast forward October, about three weeks after that, a friend of mine that was leading the staff said, dude, you better go. Check yourself out because you've been living for a while. And the last uh, I know X guy that had symptoms like that, and he had a block clot. I said, A blood clot, okay. Let me go check. I went to the emergency room uh, in El Paso, Texas, and they did the test. They scanned me and said you had a block clot. I was in the hospital for three days. I had a block clot, <laughs> that was my first one. But you know, this is this is the FICO, the the hard head FICO. Um I could have deployed because they put me on blood thinners, and I said, "Hell no!" We've been training for all this time, and my staff was under man. It was young, and I'm the leader of this. And my boss was telling me, "You don't need to go." I said, "I gotta go. I have a commitment with these people." So we were able to get a waiver for me to deploy ah. uh, from the from the, sur- the area surgeon, the CENTCOM, the Central Command surgeon. I uh, put a waiver uh, approval waiver for me so I can deploy even though I was on blood thinners and I went and deploy because um, I felt I need to go. You know, this is this is my duty. And anyway, there is history. We did pretty well over there. It was it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's amazing. Right. Uh, those kind of those those uh, those moments in life will uh, make you or break you. They're either going to define you or you let it define you. You define it or it defines you. One of the two happens, right? Yeah. And so it sounds like, you know, in in your and how you do things, how you approach life based on on the short time I've got to know you and speak with you, that, you know, it was just another obstacle uh, that you need to get through. And and of course you did. So you're out of the you're out of the army now and you decided that, you know, what I'm gonna do, you put in twenty one years, so you have a pension from them now, correct? You put your time That's in. Good, And you've decided that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go down another Avenue. And so let's talk about what you're doing today and where you're at with it. And what's, what's your, what's your plans and, and how does your coaching and how did you come about this? Oh yeah. So
2: I told you that my, that I had the second blood clot that was in 2021. So it was a tough two years that I had to go through, um, to, you know overcome all these issues and and during that period I was able to heal first of all I I was able to go back to church mm-hmm. my my family, my wife my my kids uh, visited church and I gave it a try even though I was Catholic I you know went to Catholic school and I had stories for that for a while but you know we Puerto Ricans are very religious based Catholic based and and we always from the from the time i can remember i was going to church back home but when i entered the military i just for no excuses or reasons just step away from it and and it was over 20 years without actually going into uh listening to god the god's words and all none of that so i got to church and i said man this is not bad this is different but this is good and i feel that the the pastor is talking to me. Oh my goodness. He's talking to me. So that, <laughs> that amazing, ignites right? up there, you know, that was like, mm, dude, this guy, what is he talking about? I feel that he was like looking at me. There's all these people and he looking and talking to me. So that, <laughs> that thing, it was like, okay, I need to come here more often. Uh, the other thing is I told you that my kids, uh, my, my oldest kid is a wrestler. My, my middle child, she also wrestles. So I started going to more into being more present into uh, with their, uh tournaments and we have a bunch of kids you have a team of wrestlers the wolf pack from uh evans georgia they are the best team in georgia anyway free announcement free plug (laughs) so (laughs) so uh i start seeing these kids and I, what can i do because that's what that's what i do everywhere i go i try to see what kind of value can i add how can i make them better uh what can i contribute to this environment so I started taking pictures and getting more involved with their, you know, follow them around in tournaments and taking hundreds and hundreds of pictures and and giving it to, to the coach, uh, Aaron Epstein, who's the media guy. They always post pictures. I said, giving them to him. And and people started liking that, you know. And then I started getting with the kids, you know, coaching them in, a, in a mental aspects, you know, trying to get them ready for a match, trying to pump them up, uh, you know, consoling them in the moments of defeat and all those things. I said, I can do this. This is something that is pretty, pretty good. And I used to do this all the time with my soldiers and in the military. So that, that helped me move towards that type of coaching environment. then as, uh, got into Maxwell leadership, got certified with John C. Maxwell. That was another environment that was like, I'm moving here. You know, it's like, I feel this thing. Um, Then I decided I don't want to work 9 to 5, even though I have all these clearances and all this stuff and I got these offers. The hell no. I want to spend time with the things that matter the most and I want to add as much value as I can uh, to anyone out there. I can impact more on them becoming a civilian and being in a corner from 9 to 5, doing absolutely nothing but searching Facebook or typing a couple of memos. No, there's something greater out there for me. And this is why I started pursuing things like leadership coaching, public speaking, um, you know, and, 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 you know, business with finances, business with now multi-level marketing organization, you know, things like that, that, that I'm super engaged and I get to talk to so many people. CLA is, this is, this is, this is what I was meant for, you know, it was like, not, I was not meant to be a nine to five, with a in an office that has no windows and you can you don't know if even day or night out <laughs> there
1: that <day. laughs> right that's true yes yes i was never built for that to be honest with you i i i was in in those type of environments and it never it never served me well it sounds like you're going to be um you know are you now have you written any books or have you thought of any books to write
2: so a couple months ago I met the great Emilio Romano. I see that he sponsors your show. I see mm-hmm. it down there at Alma. So, so we were talking, and he said, "Hey, do you have a book?" Because it, you know, we, we were introducing each other, getting to know each other. Yeah, you need a book, man. That's going to open so many doors. And so, so that was months ago. And I got it with a with a deal with another uh, person with a TV uh, streaming platform called Traverse TV. That person said, "You need a book." Because I signed a contract with them to do a TV show of, two months ago, uh, on online, and she, a book is gonna help you out. And I, <laughs> book, 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 everywhere I go, I see book, book, and then all of a sudden, I talk to Emilio, babe. Uh, he he opened up the doors for me to to be in, in one of his books, and that's what's gonna happen in I believe the fifth edition of the book that you we are releasing this Saturday, the nineteenth. Right in uh, pennsylvania no in new jersey so i'm gonna be in that edition i have chapter one and i'm really looking forward to that we have a little bit of time so so yeah i'm working so, yes. on yes
1: so you're going to start in an anthology that's where you're going to start which you know I, I it was really new to me when i first did it man i was very like how am i you know i don't even graduate college how am i going to write a book right and then I've always had the title of I've I've always had lessons that I've learned off the mat. That's why it's called Beyond the Mat. You know how to my lessons I take from here. Life's changed and people that's changed my life and then the lessons learned. And so I wrote that book and then I am in the spiritual one that's going to release here that you're going to be at. Because spiritual fitness, it sounds like something's right up your alley. Also, these these motivational stories where I started my, I, you know, I started my martial arts as a ministry. I started it at Hmm. church, you know, in 1987, when I was a black belt, we started it in our church as a ministry. And then I knew there for a couple of years that I is what I wanted to do for a living. And then doors continued to be open, you know, doors were shut, doors were open. I was very persistent on what I wanted to do. And then here we are, you know, 35, 40 years later,
2: amazing right At how the environments right. contribute
1: to the growth. So it, it's and yes it's definitely so i think that's great that you're going to be first chapter first chapters major in in an anthology you're the you're the you're the first go-to that people are going to read and i'm sure you have powerful stories based on now you got a way to have to think about okay what story do i what what out of all my stories what do i tell what do I do? That's
2: what I have the genius of Amelia. We sit down and we'll figure that out. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he'll help but you with that hot? outline. What is hot at sure. that time? You know what you gotta you gotta piggyback and on things that are hot right.
1: <laughs> Which I think is gonna be good. Now, do you have in your consulting? Tell me what you're looking for. Are you looking for in your community or outside your community to build a community? What's your right. what's your ideal? Person you're looking for for coaching purposes,
2: right? So, so I have too many titles right now. A couple of things are going to, to, they're related to each other, right? Um, I'm starting to build. One of my dreams is to get my podcast going, and and right now, as I am in this program, I'm learning from you how to handle this, and how to handle you know how to be doing. My my podcast, which I really want to get out very soon. Um, so for local businesses, I'm gonna use uh, podcasts to edify them and to tell the stories and and getting more report with them. That's one um, that opens the opportunity for coaching small business owners. Uh, if I discover or if we, in in our conversations uh, we 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 come across pains or issues or challenges that they're facing, I can actually jump into the coaching perspective and you know put my hat up a coach. But the main thing I came up just recently is my title, and I put a relationship in transformation architect because I want the relationship to be first. Because you cannot do anything if you don't know the person, if you don't know who you're dealing with. So I build relationships. I help others also build relationships. And then we look for that thing that is causing that pain, and transform it. Make sure we turn around and make sure that that we deal with it. So, just to be honest, I, I don't have like a standard target point with whatever I'm doing. But everything that I'm doing, it comes. It, I can serve anyway, depending on the environment I step in. You know, I am part of a multi-level marketing organization that is in 27 countries CLA is in about 17 or 18 countries So when we get together all these events and we talk our, we, we tell our stories and we contribute and we are out there putting books and everything the opportunities are endless they come to us unlimited. limitless and and I can step and put my coach hat I can put my speaking hat um my financial hat if that's one of your points Uh, Your pain points. If you're looking for job opportunities, I can throw that in there too. I have some other opportunities. You know, there's so many things that I can I can do. My my saying is, there's no way I cannot help you if you come to me with a problem. And when I say I, means my network is part of I. I have a network of professionals and individuals that if I don't have a solution, I have no problem to say, hey, this person needs help. Because once I know that someone needs help or has a pain that I cannot work, it becomes my pain, and i got to find a solution to help. There, there's no way I cannot help someone with what I'm doing right now.
1: Yeah, that's good. Now, so you – the it's, it shows in there. I think in your bio you talked about being uh, 10X. You went through that training, and so, you said – which was the other one that you did? Was it Les Brown or – John no, Maxwell. No, no, John Maxwell. Yeah. Right.
2: So um, I am – going through the 10x training uh business business owners training so what what's going to happen in september i will get officially certified as a 10x business coach so right now i'm going through the modules i've been to um a workshop marketing workshop in two weeks or on the 25th 25th and 26th i'll be in another workshop with 10x uh, and for those that don't know is uh, 10x is part of grant cardone uh branding part of one of his branches that he actually put out there. Grant Cardone, the great real estate individual. Uh that is all over the place. So that's his baby. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to this because I if I get pretty good at this, um they can even give me an opportunity to get clients from them. And I don't have to work for you know finding leads or anything. So and that's the intent. You gotta Work less to get something. Once you work on the on the front end, you got to put all this work, and then at, the, at the end, you're gonna get all this stuff coming back
1: to you. Hundred percent, that's true. One hundred percent, that's true. So the let's talk about your. I think that having a platform, like you said, you you have a podcast that's that's coming. Podcasts always. I I feel. I tell everybody your podcast is going to help you with your public speaking. I can tell you that. Yeah. Because the more you do it. It's just the better you get. The big fear that everybody has is public speaking. They're, they're more scared of getting in front of a group of people than they are dying. So, you know, public speaking is just one of those things. And the magic formula to get better at public speaking is to do public speaking. So so there's no magic pill. You got, you just got to get in front of the mic and do it a little bit more until you're more comfortable and more comfortable when you do things. You can see from my From my beginnings, if you go back and listen to my original beginnings and to where I'm at today, learning the process of interviewing, learning the process of pausing and how important it is to take a pause instead of, um, but well, like, you know, so, you know, and work on your enunciations and stuff like that in your speeches, you can't get anything but better. And so I've watched you. I've watched you come over and, uh, and you're doing a lot of lives. And then you edify so well, Fico, just so you know, you edify people so well. You did this video even of me. And I'm like, wow, this guy t- he's taking time out of his day to to edify me a bit. And then you've done it for over and over and over again. And I'm like, man, he's just really putting himself out there, building others up. And this is what makes you kind of personable to want to be around this, this kind of natural leadership that you already have. So I just want to just kind of give you, it's hard to talk about ourselves, but I can talk about you because I watch what you do and I I've seen it now for the past three weeks. I kind of watch, you know, before we've done our podcast and I know that we spoke privately before. Uh, And then I said, wow, look at this, this guy uh, on, on how he does things or you just had some virtual coffees and you put it out there. And you've got this great leadership ability. So I'm looking forward to watching you grow into your podcast and into your speaking. Are you gonna are you are you doing any speaking at Emilio's thing? Are or are they are they just kind of highlighting you? Are you able to are they having you on stage at all or what are they doing with you there?
2: I don't think they have me uh on stage, but it Doesn't matter, I'm ready for whatever comes by, yeah. Way. So,
1: but so you're already highlighted, I think that they're probably gonna, yeah, gonna you as, yes, I gotta highlight And then you're gonna get to now you're gonna get to interject yourself, and you're gonna have these group of people
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you're gonna have that you get to have on as guests on your podcast as you as you continue growing. And then it, this is how things uh overtake and overtake. I've I've had so much fun with my podcasts, and I, and I feel selfish every time I do them because I get to spend an hour with these powerful individuals that I've got to do uh, hundreds of episodes now and understand wh- where they come from, how they give value. And then I've asked personal questions on mine. Where do you think that this lacks Where Can you think that this can be better? And so I've gotten this personal time with these, th- these uh, awesome individuals, including yourself and in, in watch you guys grow and grow and grow. And I've always enjoyed watching you guys on my podcast. I've said, man, I've interviewed them. Look where they're at today. And they just keep on escalating and escalating and growing and growing. And so it's it's been really awesome to see. So I'm looking forward to it as you write your first book, as you go through these steps and you become the coach and speaker that you want to be. I encourage you, if you guys, I can tell you what's helped me. I don't know if you've ever done any Toastmasters or anything like that. No, but, I haven't. Okay, but Toastmasters, do you know what it is? Yes. I have grown so much in Toastmasters. I have flourished in Toastmasters. And as a matter of fact, what I should do, Fico, one time, I should just have you as a guest on one of ours because we, we there's a virtual part of, of Toastmasters. Mm. I just have you as a guest on, on it one night, and you can see what this can do. It has helped me so much formulate my speeches I'm very good at getting in front of a group of people, getting everybody hyped up. If I'm on the mat teaching martial yeah, arts, I'm in my element. Yeah. Okay, I'm just I I it's I have so much belief in in that kind of stuff that there I, I can just pump the room up, and I'm good at pumping the room up. But what I was not good at is having a solid closure or having uh, you know I've, sometimes I'm I'm off here and then boom I'm off on a tangent over here. And everybody in the room is clapping and stuff like that. But I did, I needed to learn how to hone my skills on how to write and get positive feedback, but real feedback. Hey, this is what was good in the speech. This is what I would, if it was me, I would do this. And man, I'm telling you, in the last year with that club, this little club of mine has really sharpened my skills on speaking. I mean, it's, it's about
2: growing, it's about growth. You, you know, right. It's, it's, yes. You go through uncomfortable environments. Uh, with the mentality that you you know some people go there, well I'm I'm fine, and then you go and get a different perspective, and you just fine tune your thing. You yes. know it's like, dude, you're missing this, you're missing that, or you're doing X, Y, C. You don't need to do that. This works, and then you it's up to you. You made a decision, right? To grab whatever you, they tell you and adapt it to your to your style. So
1: oh yeah. Yes. It's been good. So this, this is part of my, my growth, and I've enjoyed watching what, how you're coming apart. So as we're kind of winding down here, you know, uh, we got a a few more minutes to speak, but let's talk about how, um, you are going to, well, you talk about community first, right? That you're going to be super involved in your community and try and help those that are leaders there. When you are looking for coaching, and you talk about you talked about finances, and you talked about you have a lot of hats that you can put onto the the coaching. Do you work with the veterans at all?
2: That was and my had- that's that's one of the, my main main things that I really 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 want to work again. It, it, we're going to connect inst- instantly. I have a great base that, in a huge base over here, formerly known as Fort Gordon, um, a few miles away. And, and I have contacts there that I can try to start pulling myself, plugging myself in. It's a trade doc, it's a trade doc organization with a training and doctoring organization, mm-hmm. also. And there, there are a few uh, other organizations, but you, you need to get these people. Everyone needs to help at different stages, right? But for the finance portion, I think you need to get people early, very early, so you can teach them uh how to be disciplined how to not waste their money and and how to make Mm -hmm. wise decisions Mm -hmm. as they go um the the older crowd the leaders that are doing it done that that they require a different type of coaching more more stability more predictability when you actually go out or getting ready to be out and do that transition which i just went through you know help with that it's not like oh my god what am i going to do let's Let's sit down and figure that out and work with your strength to make sure you get what you need. And if you make bad ways or bad moves uh, along your career, let's figure out what could be your next best move. So my main thing is, is like there's a Dalai Lama uh, uh, passage that says, we are born to help other people. We are bo- to, born to help other people. So at least, you know, try to help as many people as you can. Don't hurt them. though. you know. Your intentions. My intention should be everywhere I go to leave it better than it was, add value to someone. If you are an organization, let me go to that organization, make sure the organization is better than it was. Um, you know, that's that's my intent. I I'm, I know I'm going to add value to someone when they come to me. I know that. That's that's a fact.
1: I think you see that's that's exactly what that's exactly what leadership is right there. What you talk about, I know that. When they come to me, I'm going to add value. I ask about the veterans too because I see them struggle. Yep. Uh, you know, I have a you know, I have a heart for them. I have a heart for the police officers. I have a heart for all of them because the army has a way, and military has a way of forgetting about you as soon as you. Um, I, even when you fly right. I've always I've always kind of snickered in the background when they say if you're active military, uh, you can get on the airplane first. And I'm thinking to myself. What about the ones that aren't active, bro? What about the ones that are already got shot at that have to limp around? You know, but, but it's the only active there. I just, every time I hear it, it just kind of mind boggles me in the airport. Uh, if you, yeah. and I need active military with an ID. And I'm like, I remember flying with Chappie. I'm like, see, you're nothing now, dude. You've only done four or five tours. You're nothing. You can't get on the plane first. You're just, uh,
2: oh my goodness. It just,
1: <laughs> it just drives me crazy when they do that. so i think that having that in that in that realm i know this i'd like to get your feedback on this i believe military men uh or women as far as that goes sometimes lose purpose when they come out of the military and i know that i lost purpose as soon as i have blood clots and i think it's more than just military or police that lose purpose i think that us as human beings lose purpose, we lose hope, and then we we need that coach to bring purpose back in our lives. I want to hear what you think about that.
2: Yeah, that's that's a tremendous question. You know why? Because that that's something that I'm working on in, in part of my coaching. There's a lot of people walking around as in you know, people who just go through life without a specific target. They never had it. It's not that they lose purpose, it's that they probably did not ever know what their purpose was.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
2: trying to bring clarity to that. You know, it's, it's it's let's let's focus on the target. What is your target? What really lights up that fire? People had no idea, they just walked through life with just crew on cruise control. We are meant to be special. We're meant we have that power. Every anyone can do it, but. Unfortunately, a lot of people have no direction. They they have no target. And that's what I'm trying to do. Let's shoot for that target. Is it's like like going into your vehicle, you yeah, know, now back in the day, you, you just work with directions. Now you're going, I'm going to New Jersey. Let me put the actual Cherry Hill address there, right? So I know where I'm going. You cannot you you plan that before you get in the vehicle. You need to know where you're going or have an idea where you're going so you can actually start going that way. People do not have that. Unfortunately, they're all over the place. So they're shooting everywhere and hitting nothing. So, yeah, yeah that's what I'm trying to try to do soon in into. Okay, let's focus. Really, what is the, your passion? Let's, let's let's uncover that. Let's peel the onion. Let's find it. So you can go out there and live whatever you have of your life left out, uh, you know, and feel fulfilled and and and
1: complete, you know, yes, sir. I think that's, that's just really good advice as we, you know, I learned this in my world as a coach and as I've coached many, many people, right. Thousands of people and come through my martial arts schools and the ones that become black belts and then the ones that fall off as black belts. And then I watched them lose purpose. And I said, Hey man, all the work that you put in to get here, those lessons, life lessons should be serving you well outside the school. And when you get adversity and when you get attacked, that is the time that you dig down deep and you learn how to have grit and you know how to have a grind and you'll grow through the process. And I think that is where people uh, fall short of their purpose. And then when they have self-doubt, they have their self-confidence is, is defeated. And then you have to, you have to find that and build that.
2: Let, Let me add something. Because we have similar things, similar styles that we go right. So, what do we use to walk around so people can identify us? Uniforms, walk mm-hmm. around uniforms, right? You have your gear, you have your gear, you have your black belts, mm-hmm. and when you remove that, you remove that. It, it's like taking off the the superhero suit, and all of a sudden you think it's like, wow, what am I doing now? People don't respect me, and people people have a hard time with that well, for one reason or the other you're not just a uniform you're not just a uniform you are you because well, the way you act the way you treat people because you're a human being you know you're more than that. a lot of people struggle with those things and in and, and some really really hard you know you know about the challenge the 22 push-up challenge that yes. challenge is done because uh according to statistics there's 22 veterans or soldiers that take their lives every day. So, you know, I'm trying to hit them before they make the bad decision, the decision that they don't have to. And some of it is that, that like, wow, what am I going to do? That What's your purpose. And they get lost. They're lost. And and you cannot save them all, but at least one at a time, one life is better than nothing.
1: That's right. We've been on that. And I've got a good amount of people that uh, are military to help these you know, to help these people that come back, and I and that's the whole thing. I tell everybody in martial arts, especially that purpose is a major thing, and if you lose it, then you lose your identity, and that is just a hard thing. And so it's so good to see, you know, a lieutenant colonel come out have this have this power of leadership and be able to help those that are that need purpose uh you know if we don't have a purpose driven life man what do we got you know what i mean yeah we we just we we have a you know it's almost a life without god right yeah when you have a life without god you kind of you kind of wander aimlessly then you get god in your life then direction starts happening and then you hit walls and how are you going to be able to get around the around the The walls of it right Emilio saying he salutes you yeah there you go he loves his veterans too yes sir and so I I think that's uh such a powerful such a powerful man Fico that you that you kind of come out here I'm looking forward to seeing how you're coaching I'm looking forward to Fico's mastermind where we're going to learn from the lieutenant lessons from a lieutenant colonel on uh purpose driven life that's what I'm waiting love it love it you know what I mean And,
2: and, and one of the other things that I'm working once we find that purpose confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence is gonna it, it dictates everything pretty much. You know, you can be you can look good, you can have all your books in line, you study everything, all the courses, all of a sudden you're walking, you know, even body language. Right. That's correct. Get in front of the stage and you know, you That's gotta correct. work on that because you know not all A's are created equal. Mm -hmm. All right. So just because you have an A doesn't mean that you're the best guy. I have a C, but no,
1: that's not how it works. Yes. Uh, Confidence breeds, uh, confidence will breed you into the next level that you need. Self-confidence. I tell all my students, when you can master self-confidence and self-discipline, you become a well-skilled black belt. Okay. So that is what I tell them all the time. Right what do we need to have self-confidence with self-confidence you you breed self-discipline and with self-discipline you become well-skilled and when you become well-skilled that is what a black belt is not the pretty belt around your waist so that that's it so i want to take this last uh few seconds we have fico i'm going to let you give it out let's have some words of wisdom from the lieutenant colonel and let us uh we'll end with that so take it away you've got the last 30 seconds yeah what you got to say
2: Just just quick, there's a lot of people that are lost. They don't know what they're doing, and they're hoping that things happen to them. It's time to stop hoping. Time to stop hoping and take action. Change is not going to happen in the couch, and change happens inside of you. It happens from within. You have to take the next move, push yourself, stop waiting for someone to push you to do something, and take freaking ownership of your life, and make that decision. Take that step, the first step, to the second journey of the best journey that you're gonna be on, in the second half of your life. And that's what I decided to do. Started investing in myself, slap myself around, and I said, "It is time. It is time to be a new FICO and help others the best I can." But it started from within, and that's what I'm doing right now. Yes, sir.
1: So awesome change you, does not start on the couch. That is hundred percent true and having ownership. The biggest book that changed my life is Jocko's book on extreme ownership. Oh, when yeah. I read that, that was what changed me in my blood clot days. That extreme ownership from Jocko stop blaming other people's for your shortcomings. Stop blaming environment. Stop blaming everything. Take some ownership. And boy, it's hard. When you listen to his podcast too, you're like, ugh. Oh, yeah. I, I want to so much I'm blame somebody away. else. But, hey, and he this, looks yeah. at you dead in the eye and he's like, it's your fault. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. It's your fault. Why, why are you blaming other people? Okay, You're the only
2: way you can control, right? <laughs> you can control anybody else.
1: <laughs> That's so true.
2: You are the only way you can control. The, yes. other, the last thing is that I want to tell people, people were not born losers or winners. We were born choosers. We choose what to do. So choose wisely. Awesome. That's so good. Yes, sir.
1: Man, I had a good hour hour with you, man. It was so fun.
2: There it is.
1: There it is. Yes, sir. There it is. Next time we get together, I'm going to wear my, I have a a tie similar to yours. Uh, We're going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to tie up next time uh, we we meet. Yes, sir. Uh, Whether it's on your podcast or mine again. I would love to have you on my
2: podcast. Of course. Of course. Looking forward to continuing learning from you. You're a pro. You're an expert, man. You're a legend. Appreciate (laughs) this time with you. Hey, God bless.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Fico. You have an awesome day.
0: You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss.